0: I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your
1: cycling performance? Yes. Yeah. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault by Nancy Kerrigan.
0: I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Hoops, the podcast. I am Julio Gallerati. and I'm joined by...
0: Francis Ellis. I'm here. I'm queer. Deal with it. <laughs>
1: love that. Love that. How are we doing? I'm doing good, man. I update on my personal training situation. Yes. I know they talked about that a little bit. And I'm kind of doing sort of like a virtual, affordable personal trainer situation. Um, and I have to like write down everything I eat, whatever. In two weeks, I have lost one pound. Which wow. Which is probably not ideal. I probably would have wanted to lose
0: three. You're proud of that pound, though.
1: I'm, I'm proud that I didn't gain weight. I've, been, I've stuck to the workouts, they've been hard as fuck, and they've gotten easier, so that's good. I feel a little bit more fit, and I know that they say, you know, don't get too caught up about the scale, but I also am very aware of how I look at all different weights, and I know what my weight is, my good weight.
0: What's your good weight?
1: My good weight is probably 185.
0: And what do you weigh right now?
1: It's much more than that. Let's
0: leave it at you that. You weigh
1: 210. Let's ish.
0: More? Did I say more, or uh, less? Around there, around there. Okay. He's... You're, I feel now. I feel bad because <laughs> I feel like I'm asking a woman. About no, dude, her it's fine.
1: I just I like don't want to talk about it. I it's, get like, it.
0: I apologize, dude. Don't be, but, don't don't, don't but apologize. But here's my question, sure. right? It could be that in this first, <laughs> is your goal to lose weight, to become more muscular?
1: So it's it's both. And I I've have so much. I've weighed 160 pounds as an adult before. Huh. I've gone. I've run the gambit of all the possible. I've gotten too skinny and didn't realize it at the time. So I know I I have such good perspective now and I know that like if I can do these high intensity workouts, I can be a weight, like a weight, like 180, 185 and be like lean and like, and in shape. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the goal. And I also know that's the weight that I look the best on camera, in my opinion. Got it. So hopefully taking strides, it's supposed to be a 90 day program. The things I need to improve a little bit. I, I fell off the wagon slightly a couple of times but nothing extreme. I drank another night when I was only supposed to drink one night, only two drinks. Um, but I will say this to everybody, like there really truly is time to kickstart being, getting in the shape that you want to be in, especially because I realized this the other night, even though I have these engagements and these occasions that are hard to like not drink at, I don't have to do stand up every night and I don't have to go out to bars. Like not having to do that is an incredible gift Mm -hmm. in the game of weight loss.
0: Mm -hmm. You feel me? There is such a difference in terms of its effect on your body between having two glasses of white wine when you're home for the night mm-hmm. versus going to a bar and having four to six beers and two shots of fireball. Dude, totally.
1: From from so many perspectives, like the night where I go out and I have seven drinks, then that next day I eat like shit. The day after that, I probably sort of eat like shit and I feel terrible. And like Monday, like you have done damage to your body. Totally. So. You know, Whew,
0: dude, I don't know. Uh, for me, it's sleep. My sleeping, as I've said, has gone to shit. Mm-hmm. And I got drunk on Saturday night for the first time in a long time.
1: How was it? I saw your hungover. Song. It was
0: super fun. Yeah, but waking up hungover, I it was very disorienting because I hadn't been hungover in I know I want to say like a year.
1: Did you feel it today? We're recording this on Monday.
0: Um, I haven't really thought about it. No, because I was pretty good yesterday about really okay. cleaning my body out. Nice. I, I didn't just give myself like a greasy food, shitty cheat day. Right, right. I was drinking a lot of water, drinking this green juice. Yeah. Stuff like that. But dude, the thing about being hungover now, when you're younger and you're so accustomed to being hungover, you know how to get through it. And you're just like, ah, a couple of sips of Gatorade. Is that it? Coffee, sweat it out. Do you think that's it? I think you're so familiar with being hungover that it doesn't freak you out.
1: Is there any chance? Like, what, like, what? I know it's like a balancing of these two things. What you just said, but also you are physically better at handling
0: of it. Of course. Of course. Your body, right? Right? Your body is resilient. You know, Slightly more. there's something about the young brain. I don't know. The, the bounce back brain. time is quicker. Absolutely. Sleeping in is enough. Yeah.
1: Whereas in your 30s, you need a nap. And then as Sean Donnelly has said, which I find hilarious, he's like, once you're in your forties, you take it with you forever.
0: (laughs) You take a hangover with you forever? That's That's great. That's really funny. That's a great line. (laughs) Hangover, dude. I was hungover on Sunday and it scared me. It sucks. Meaning Because when you know, think about think about times when you get sick, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking like throwing up. Right. And you're not sure what's going on. And you get the flu and you're like, I'm fucking dying right now, (laughs) right? That's how foreign the hangover felt. Mm -hmm. And I remember waking up in my bed and being like, what happened? What is going on? Why do I feel this way? I haven't woken up feeling this bad in so long. And so I was like, okay, I'm hungover. Oh, that's right. And then I had to dust off the instruction manual in my brain for how to cope with a hangover. Yeah. I was like, all right, page here's, three, you know, refer to this is the safety briefing. It's like, you, you know, you, I, oh, fuck, I haven't gone through this in a long time. And it was like, all right, get out of bed, take a shower, brush your teeth, um, go upstairs, you know, make a, make extra coffee, yeah. right? Drink some water, make sure you have breakfast. And then it was like Advil. And then, you know, get outside, allow yourself to just watch TV for a while. Chapter
1: seven, you will be hornier than you expect.
0: Jerk off. That is normal. Get that poison out of your body. You know, that is toxic
1: nut, brother. That is
0: poisonous sperm. As I've said before, (laughs) it will burn a hole through your shirt if you come on yourself. So be careful. be very careful also the porn you're gonna want to watch for that jerk off gonna be weird not good porn <laughs> not safe not safe you want that to just be a one-off okay you know yeah delete so, that browser history afterwards, yeah.
1: please do yourself a favor um dude that's great so dude i remember i had a, a hangover like that that was like really unusual i was in africa mm. and uh i was working on a project there you know hopefully one day you guys will all know about it we'll see um but we had one touristy thing planned. I was running on fumes. I was so excited to be in Africa. And the night before, I had brought a girl home mm. um, in Africa, which okay. I thought was like an interesting thing. Sure. Um. Anyway, I got yelled at by my Airbnb host being like, you shouldn't be bringing girls home for your own safety. I was like, all right, pal. That's a little fucked up. Wow. Getting a little too involved. The next day, we were going on a hike. I felt great in the car. I was so psyched. I'm in Africa. I'm in Africa. Then the hike began. And dude, it was this crazy hike. It was it was a 14,000 foot, the top, it might have been 12,000. Either t- I think it was 12,500. 12,
0: I'm going to pause you for a quick peak. second. Yeah. How long was the car ride to the hike? Two hours. See, that is actually scarier to me than the hike. Why? Getting in a car and sitting in the back seat and having to ride. I'm not sure you were in the back seat.
1: I think I was.
0: Being driven Hungover, at right? someone else's like, own pace. You don't know how poorly they're gonna drive. In in hungover is my worst nightmare.
1: So do you, but have you ever has this ever happened to you? The hangover hits you later in the day.
0: Yeah, sure. You're drunk for a while. Okay, and then it's so we had certain. to
1: wake up early. I had a late night. I slept in maybe an hour or two. Didn't Ooh. matter. I was running out of fumes, <laughs> feeling good. And the guy was like, "This is kind of a hard hike." But I'm just referencing the hiking app, where like in the hiking app, the hard the hikes that are hard are still doable hung up like it's like the hardest hike in malibu will be like hard Mm. and it's still doable i'm like i've done i I was like i've done hike. i've hiked (laughs) i've hiked (laughs) so i get there they made us like rent boots which i was like why do we have to do this we start we get to the point right even before we actually start the incline and i was like oh fuck i feel like shit oh no dude i'm not kidding you for the next five hours if i i had to look down at my feet exclusively if i were to have looked up i would have started puking there were gorillas we could see on this hike, supposedly. If we had seen a gorilla, dude, I wouldn't have given a fuck.
0: Oh, I know that feeling. It's a
1: terrible feeling. And it, was, it wasn't it was like a clear path, dude. Like, there was a guy in the front with a machete, like, clearing the way. And there was a soldier with My us. God. Just in case, like, some critter. Or we we're, were also on, like, the border of this, like, contested territory yeah, this, with the Congo.
0: Sounds less like a hike and more like a search. Exactly.
1: So, we were, like, there was a soldier just in case things got weird. And, bro, I'm not kidding you. I fell 60 times. I slipped and fell in Jesus the mud Christ. 60 times. It was the most miserable thing I've ever done in my life. And it just, you talking about being hungover reminded me
0: Dude, of Dude, you, you make the point of if you'd seen a gorilla, you wouldn't have cared. And that's so <laughs> spot on. There's something so sad about doing a cultural event when you're hungover and you're traveling. <laughs> I climbed to the top of the Duomo. Oh, wow. Super in hungover. Florence? And I was wearing uh, Birkenstock sandals. <laughs> And let me—the reason I was wearing (laughs) Birkenstock sandals to climb those five thousand stairs was because the night before, at three in the morning in the nightclub, I decided to try for the first time a standing (laughs) backflip. I thought that that was the moment (laughs) to see if I had it. I didn't have it. Didn't have it even close. Thank God I got over my head at least. But then what happened was various parts of my body hit the cement dance floor in succession. So first, (laughs) like my face hit, but I was over my face. So I hit my lip and then like my elbow hit and then my like hand and wrist hit and then my knees hit. Oh, my God. And then my ankles and then finally my toes hit. Dude, my toes were the worst part. Uh, my toes, it was just as if I would ki- had kicked the ground in a pinwheel oh my as God. hard as I could. And I, I i certainly broke my big toe. It was so swollen that the next day I couldn't put closed toed shoes that's on. That's why you wore the Which stocks. is why I wore Birkenstocks Holy shit. and still climbed the steps of the Duomo. Dude,
1: that's crazy. And,
0: and when you're that hungover <laughs> and you're in that much pain, you're just surviving. I know. So, cultural attractions. You're not going to enjoy the sights. Nope. You're just like worried about survival. I'm here to get through whatever you're bringing to me.
1: Dude, 100%. That's also the image of you hitting in succession one bone at a time. That reminds me of when they're like they have you in a crunch in a Pilates class and they want you to decline one one piece yes, of your spine one lumbar, at a time. One vertebrae at a one time. One vertebrae at a time. Yeah. It's the same, but the opposite. That's... Started at your throat. Yes. Boom, boom, Dude, boom, boom.
0: Every part of my body. There were so many different parts that hurt <laughs> so acutely, where they'd all just smacked in a heap of bones hitting the ground at different times.
1: <laughs> Dude, there have been times where when I was in college. I used to teach tennis in the Hamptons. There were nights where I did not sleep. I was out partying, <laughs> and I tried to sleep, and I did not sleep at all. And yeah. I would and I would get on the court at 8 a.m. for my first lesson, still wasted. Yeah. And I remember wanting to just break down and start sobbing. Yeah. Being like, I'm going to be out here all day. I do not know what I'm going to do.
0: But there's something when you now. say, this is my fault. I brought this upon myself. I have to get through it. Totally. And, and, it's, and it's
1: dangerous when you get through it because then you feel invincible. Yeah. And you don't forget that you had no business completing that day.
0: I can suck it up for one day. That's your mindset.
1: It's like fucking... <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I was like, I walked
1: out there, if someone had just bashed me in the head with a fucking with a hammer yeah, or something. Dude,
0: dude, I know that feeling. It's terrible. Being so loopy, you're like, are we exercising right now? We're really exercising because <laughs> I can't walk,
1: dude. Even as an adult, man, it happened when I used to still teach tennis. Like, and it would always be those tough classes. The first thing in the morning, it would be like the the eight year old boys yeah. who are the worst. Like, you get on the court all hungover, and immediately they all just like. Point their rackets you like their machine guns, being like, mm-hmm, you're like, great. This is terrible. There's no chance that they don't show because there's seven of them. Mm-hmm. So at least a couple of them are gonna. And dude, on the way over, I, no, I've, I've talked about this before, but I would fantasize about them all dying <laughs> on the ride over. I was like, maybe they're all on the same bus and it's gonna drive off the 59th Street Bridge and somehow they won't make it. It's fucked up. I love it. <laughs> Chris is like the world. The world up. has
0: enough kids. Um... <laughs> Enough young people running around, dude. That, that oh, those hangovers, man. <laughs> they're rough, yeah, but you know, it's amazing how later in life. Because for some of my friends, they still have that thing of while they're drinking, they're not aware of what is coming the next morning. Yes, you know, they're like, oh, big night out, and this there's no so off fun. switch. Yeah, it's just like the night ends when it ends. I know. And they're not going to be out till five in the morning anymore. Nobody really has the energy for that, but there's no limit to what they'll drink. Right. Right. Whereas I have an awareness of I'm at drink eight now. Okay. That's the end of my Uh, my line. I don't
1: have that, but I'm also pretty good at not getting into that situation. Yeah. As I get older, but dude, what about this? Is this this ever happened to you? And you're a guy who you're very social. Francis is great. Has groups of friends. I'm so impressed with the way you balance your social and professional life. Oh, that's sweet. I feel like most comedians have to have those two things be the same. Yes. Um, and Francis is good at having non-comedy friends. You got so it. you have a lot of big comedians weekends, with groups. You know, three day, three three evening weekends. In those situations, I always bust my load night one. Yeah. I get too fucked up, and I never fully recover. Mm-hmm. Night two, I can't even get drunk, and night three, I somehow manage to.
0: Mm-hmm. But night mm-hmm. one,
1: I'm I'm crazy. I'm woo. Yep. Shots, fucking! You want some of this? Whatever powder You're you got, so you share, sure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're also excited
0: to be in the house together to see each other. You always so kick it off, even though objectively the Saturday night scene is gonna be better if you 100%. could just you know chill out for a minute. Definitely. Yeah, dude. I um, boy, I don't know. I don't miss being hungover. I I, I much prefer not to be. But it was fun to tie one on.
1: Dude, I bet it was great.
0: Everyone was vibing. We had like, I don't know, 14 people in the backyard. We were playing beer pong, water cups, so that we weren't drinking anything and sharing. Oh, really? You know, I was passing out individual joints to people. Fantastic. Uh, I had all these pre-roll little like half gram joints that I bought in Maine, five bucks a piece. Great. So everyone had their own joint. Everyone had, you know, people, it it was like, it felt safe and people, we had music going and people were partying. Right. Do you know how fun it was to play beer pong after six months of fucking solitude? Dude,
1: that sounds like the most fun thing we'll I've do ever it heard We'll do, do it again. <laughs> We're going to do it again. We're going to
0: do it next weekend.
1: Dude, awesome. Let's do Let's it next do weekend. It. Let's do it. Count me in. I love Fuck it. Yeah. Well, dude, listen. I, I One thing I will say, if I am hungover, thank God that I have my fucking trusty pair of bird dogs nearby. Yes. What a wonderful way to recover it's a from a hangover. That's a great point,
0: Julia. There is no pair of pants that is better worn during a hangover than the bird dogs pants. Yeah.
1: Like It feels like you have silk sheets on the inside of your pants.
0: You get out of that shower, that life-saving <laughs> start to the morning, and you open up and you're, 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 your bureau drawer, and you're like, well, what the fuck could I possibly wear today in this state that I'm in? And those, you see those bird dogs, and it's a, <laughs> a relief. It's like oh, it's a relief. They shine, they yeah. shimmer. It's yeah. really nice, dude. And they really are.
1: Seriously, like it's it's a perfect thing. You put those on. You drink your bloody mary. You drink it slow. You munch on that tomatoy
0: covered celery. You crunch that celery.
1: You crunch that celery, and you wear your fucking bird dogs, and it's gonna feel goddamn
0: good. Yeah. Use promo code oops right now. You'll uh, get a pair of nunchucks <laughs> for free. Your first pair of with your first order. Go to uh, birddogs.com. dot com. Oops. Promo code get your nunchucks.
1: Yeah. Well, honestly, it's re- something special about getting your first pair of nunchucks.
0: Really is. Everybody should be able to experience that'll help fight those hangovers. <laughs> By the way, I'm not a huge fan of bloody marys. Are you a bloody mary guy?
1: No, but like on an occasion I'll drink one. I drank one a uh, week ago. A friend of mine, of mine was like, "Should we do bloody marys, Ricky?" I was like, yeah. "Fuck yeah, let's let's have one."
0: Uh-huh. But it doesn't mean I like them. I don't like tomato soup either. I don't love it. It's I don't understand what a weird thing to want your Alcohol to be delivered to your body in
1: right like tomato concentrate. Yeah, there's no fresh squeezed tomato juice. You want a
0: hearty meal with your alcohol.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah,
0: and there's like, and then you put horseradish and weird spices and onions and stuff. You see all kinds of weird bread sticks.
1: It's still good. Like, there's something about I. I don't love them, but like, there is a day where I'm be in the mood for one. Yeah, and they're nice and salty.
0: People tell me that they like to drink them when they're flying. Cause they like the tomato juice, and I'm like, well, just order a fucking tomato juice,
1: dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Do you I, drink I, when you
0: fly? Nope. Yeah. I fucking absolutely don't. Absolutely. And not. I
1: have friends who, no matter what time of day it is, they go and they start drinking, and I'm like, they're like, you pass out, but then you wake up and you're just like, <laughs> you feel totally. like your body's, you feel like your body's been exhumed.
0: I do this thing where <laughs> I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden I jolt awake, and I kick my legs out, and my shins slap against the bar under the seat in front of me and then that's a nightmare cuz I've bruised shins.
1: Dude, that's one of the main reasons why people die in car in, in in plane crashes. Like if it's a if it's like not, you know, if you're in a 747 and Broken that goes down shins. like you're going to yes. So like what will happen is the plane will crash and if you I was reading about how to survive plane crashes. I think I mentioned this. But if you put something underneath that little opening in the seat in front of you, there's a far less likelihood of your feet just going under and like the front of your legs breaking, which then prevent you from escaping the aircraft if you happen to survive. You slide oh, underneath God. the seat in front of you yeah. and your legs break.
0: So what's the, what's the solution? <laughs> so the
1: solution is you put like a backpack in front of you or you put something underneath there to stop that from happening. And they, cause they were, they were uh, surveying all the people who have survived plane crashes mm-hmm. and seeing the things that those people had in common. Interesting. And that was one of the things. They yeah. had a, a padding in front of them, either intentionally or unintentionally. Spooky stuff. So, dude, I'm just saying, like, that is the beginning of a very potentially dangerous and treacherous road you're going down. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs>
0: I didn't realize, so, yeah, people not being able to, to exit the airplane.
1: Dude, I slept with a girl who's a, who's a plane crash survivor. Yeah. And I didn't even know that until later. I was like, oh, my God, I wonder what that girl's up to. And her Facebook profile was like plane crash survivor. And then I looked into the, I looked into it. It's on Wikipedia. And this happened after that, I...
0: That's something you put in your Facebook profile? <laughs> Isn't like, that crazy? I understand cancer survivor being a big part of someone's identity and putting that in their, what, their bio, but plane crash survivor? Is there, is... Are there support groups for that? I guess there must be. I don't know.
1: But I know that she speaks about it, but it's also funny because you know how people will be like, I want to bang every kind of girl. <laughs> oh be like, well, have you banged a plane crash survivor?
0: That's a rare Pokemon card. Yeah, uh, exactly. You're not finding that in every pack. <laughs> That's the Mewtwo of yeah. banging. Uh, Jesus. Plane crash survivor. What, uh, what kind of plane was it?
1: It was a flight in South America. What? It was not a commercial jet.
0: So, so this but, is but, my but,
1: point. But there were still like 50 or 60 people on the flight. It wasn't like a six-person aircraft. Mm, okay. It was a real flight. But uh, like a, a handful of people on the flight survived. So she wasn't like the lone survivor, but people did survive.
0: People died on
1: the flight? Yeah, like half Look, of the flight.
0: That is a serious crash. That's a plane serious crash. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> wow.
1: What's up, Chris? Also, another thing I listened to this podcast about it is a lot of people who survive the crash and the impact, they inflate their raft before they like get out of the plane. And most of the time, the thing's in the water, and then they can never get out. They block and it. Wow. Because they've inflated their raft before they get out of the plane. That's crazy, and they dude. can't go They're, down. They've
0: inflated their life jacket. Their, sorry, yeah, the life jacket. Oh, yeah, interesting.
1: Crazy, dude. Yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, right. I um, I was gonna say, you know, it's one thing to be in a plane crash if you're in like a little puddle jumper, eight seater that right, barely right, gets right, right. off the ground and then sort of crashes into the ground. It's another thing if a commercial airliner right that's that's the real deal i know yeah
1: it's fucked up they also say that people who actually pay attention to the to the security thing at the beginning have a much higher chance of survival because people fly so often they think they know it Mm. but like there are little differences that can really make a big difference as far as like reaction time and knowing where things are
0: yeah i don't know here's a question for you sure what is one billion minus one
1: Nine hundred ninety-nine million nine, nine hundred ninety-nine. What is it? Try it again. One billion minus one.
0: Correct. You had a billion. Nine hundred ninety-nine
1: million nine There you go. Right. Okay. That's what I meant to say.
0: But nobody gets that. Really? It's it's a hard thing to do. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. Could Wait. you do one trillion minus one?
1: yeah 999 billion 999 million there you go by the you're way
0: in? I quiz my girlfriend on this at night when we're high <laughs> when you're high yeah.
1: dude that is such a high thing she hates
0: it what's a billion minus one she hates it she hates this <laughs> really you know what she's been doing this is her answer a lot of the time she'll like get through the nines and then add cents out of nowhere <laughs> and I'm like this isn't a money question <laughs> we're talking numbers here
1: $999. Yeah. She's like, fuck you.
0: She says, and she always says cents, like, and 99 cents. And I'm like, I didn't say take a penny away. Why are <laughs> you keep that. putting that penny in there? That is funny. Yeah.
1: Some of those questions, I mean, dude, you'd be amazed, like, not, you know, you wouldn't be amazed because you've definitely seen these too. but like, it's amazing to me sometimes the way people lack knowledge about things that you just assume would be obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, even as far as like, where is this state? People totally. don't know. Like, even if it's like an easy one.
0: You... The state of Missouri, which I am supposed to go to, I've never been to. Mm. I'm going to Kansas City. Mm. Quick plug October 8th to the 10th, Kansas City Comedy Club of Kansas City. Get tickets at franchisells.com. We hope to see you there. Awesome. Uh, I've never been to Missouri before, and I could not tell you where it is.
1: It's it. I would argue that Missouri is like a confusing one.
0: If you told me it was next to Montana, I'd believe you. <laughs> if you told me it was next to Florida, I would believe you. And I know that Montana and Florida are very far apart.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say they're very close to each other. Yeah. Missouri is one of those states that confuses me too because like I want it in my mind. I like, assume, I, I like group it with the South, but it's mm-hmm. like sort of not the South. But it sort of is. Well, the fact that it, it starts
0: isn't. with Miss, because everyone thinks Mississippi is probably the, the quintessential Southern state. Right. That maybe Texas as well. But I, when I think of Mississippi, I think well, South. Same, you know. Same. And Missouri, M I S S, that start makes me think they're like sister states.
1: Makes it totally. Before I had a very good knowledge of the geography of the country, Idaho was a huge uh, curveball for me. Hmm. I didn't realize that was west and north. I thought that was yeah. like. I thought it was Iowa. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Whatever, Iowa, Idaho. Dude,
1: I have a, so I have a good story for you. Talk to so me. So I was thinking about this the other day. This is a kind of a subtle story, but it's pretty fucking funny. to me. So I had this, and the theme of this story is, beware gassing up another man to your girlfriend. Beware of that. Beware. Does
0: that mean like complimenting uh, make, your like, girlfriend?
1: Putting another man on a pedestal.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Is a
1: potentially dangerous game in unusual circumstances. Don't
0: tell your girlfriend a guy is great.
1: Yes. I, no matter what.
0: I'm excited to see where this goes. Okay, so
1: the, you know, there's different ways that this can work. This can happen with celebrities, and I've talked about this in an early episode, but it can also happen with normal people, and I have an example of that happening, okay. and it's really funny. Please and insane. Share. Okay, so I had this friend in high school who was a hilarious guy. He would do all this crazy shit. Like one time, we like dared him to run up to the Taco Bell, drive through naked. He was just like... He would always do stupid shit like that. guy. That. Quite yeah. frankly, the, the, these stories aren't even as interesting now as they were then. Like, I'm kind of like... There was a I lot
0: went. of stuff when we were kids that was a lot funnier.
1: So yeah. shit like that. So I went to college, and I started telling a guy on my floor about this guy. And he'd be like... And he, him and his girlfriend would be in the same room, and he'd be like, dude, tell us another story about this guy. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to throw him under the bus. He'd be like, tell us more stories about him. So I would keep telling stories about this guy to this couple. And they thought it was so funny and that he was such a funny, wild guy. Anyway, that guy's girlfriend ends up transferring to USC, which is where the guy went to college. They met. It was like meeting a celebrity for her. Oh, my God. And she ends up breaking up with my friend at school and dating the guy who I had been telling them stories
0: about. (laughs) Wow. That's a small world. Can you imagine? Well, did you feel guilty because of it?
1: Listen, man, you know, hear these stories at your own risk.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't not my think fault. That's, that's not on you whatsoever, you know? And also you could argue that you paved the way for her to have an improved relationship. Perhaps. Because if she was so easily sold on this guy who, you know, because he runs up to Taco Bell counters <laughs> naked, it makes me think her current boyfriend was very boring.
1: <laughs> it's possible. It's a
0: subpar guy.
1: But that would not have happened if th- this legend behind this guy wasn't created. Cause he's a nice guy, but you know, no offense to him. He's not like fucking Idris Elba.
0: Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Re- yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool though. Because you, <laughs> did you ever tell the guy at USC that you'd gassed him up?
1: He knew. She told him. She was like, I've been hearing all about you for years. <sighs> How shitty is that? So, sorry. No,
0: I, I, I don't think it's shitty. I don't think it's shitty. <laughs> I think you helped him. You helped your friend. I know. Were sure. you better friends with the guy down the hall or the guy at USC?
1: Probably equal at the time. Mm. Pretty crazy. But the guy at USC, this is the same guy who got busted by the homeless guy undercover. Who, a cop undercover as a homeless guy. <laughs> this guy was just always having crazy. That was a story, one of the stories I told. Yeah. In fact.
0: Crazy, dude. That's funny, dude. <laughs> crazy shit. That's funny.
1: Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now.
0: All right, so I don't know if you got something, but I got an email. If you, hit us with would, the email. And then I read? want to tell you about my night at Carbone. Okay, amazing.
1: Yeah. You know what? You want to tell us about that first? Yeah, let's talk let's about
0: that. that. So uh, I, last week, my girlfriend's birthday. Her, her birthday was on Sunday, but she went to, like, a girls weekend in upstate New York with her three closest friends for a big, twanky weekend. Fun. So I wanted to get ahead of that, and I wanted to take her out preemptively because I knew that coming home from that, she was probably going to be low energy, tired. Did we really want to do our big New York evening of dinner on Sunday night? How thoughtful. Yeah. So I got a reservation. At Carbone on Thursday night. Now Carbone is a famous restaurant. It's wrapped about by Drake. Yes, it is uh, a restaurant that I've heard about for years. Back when I used to date this like big in- food influencer girl, it's she an would talk about it. Yeah, and it's impossible to get a reservation there. They currently have good outdoor dining situations set up. Reservations go online available at 10 a.m. two days prior to your reservation. I went on the website at 1001 and the only time remaining was 4:30 p.m. <laughs> on Thursday. It's crazy. It's and I said to my girlfriend and... I was like, "Listen, can you even get out of work early enough for us to have dinner at 4:30 p.m.?" <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." Like whatever. So she was all all for it, but I was desperately hoping I could somehow find a better time and I actually emailed them asking if i could get a better time and because of that they gave me 7 p.m
1: dude the emails can you tell us the emails so So i did this long instagram story
0: you might have seen it i (laughs) talked about how i'd gotten this 4 30 p.m reservation how it was really early and i was like i'm gonna try to email them to convince them and i emailed them and in my instagram story i said that i had explained it was her birthday in fact it was her first birthday that she was celebrating since breaking away From the traditional Irish, uh, excuse me, Amish community in which she was raised (laughs) under an oppressive household that prohibited things like electricity and indoor plumbing. So, uh, and by the way, I did a lot of research about Amish people for this. And um, I was like, you know, it's her big night out. I really want to show her the ropes of the New York scene. And I think there was like a show about based on women that had escaped Amish communities or converted to a more modern lifestyle and that like life in the big city. There was, it was a documentary, right? Was, was it? there a movie too? Uh, maybe a or show, a show documentary. Yeah. So I was kind of basing it off that idea. Right. And I was like, listen, I'm bringing her to your restaurant. You know, she's left the life of simplicity and humble clothing behind. She's no longer churning her own butter. Uh, <laughs> we're so excited to experience the food that you have to offer as well as, you know, use your indoor plumbing. Um <laughs> And sure enough, I got an email response being like, you're all set for 7 p.m., (laughs) Joy. And everyone thought it was funny on the Instagram story. And it was great. And so we went, and we're so stoked. You know what I mean? Like, First of all, I didn't tell her what restaurant we were going to. Uh Neither of us had ever been here, and we're so excited. But I made a mistake of calling an Uber and setting the destination Uh. as Carbone. So we got into the Uber, and he was like, you're going to carbone and i was like ah fuck that fuck so he, he blew the surprise and uh but it was okay cuz you know we're by that point we we're 15 minutes it's away it's still a surprise yeah and we you know we walk up we're all dolled up we're dressed up we're excited and uh we get seated and dude let me tell you something this place does it right all right first of all the waiter was spectacular really this guy was automatic he had it's hard to describe how good of a waiter he was but he his his the level of his voice like the sort of it, it didn't change the inflection didn't change at all and he would sort of lay out for us like what he thought we should order i was like can you guide us a little bit and he's nice. like look you're not you, you gotta go with the spicy rotelli or whatever the rigged spicy rigatoni mm. everybody comes with that you know, that's what we're here for. Let's not kid around. And he had these kind of like offhand buttons to everything he would say that just made it feel, I don't know. It, it was so uniquely him and the restaurant. Right. And he's like, and then we're going to move on to this. Oh, yeah. And and he's like, that's going to be nice. And you're the, knowing you as well as I know you guys, this, uh, he didn't look that far, but it was like, he just had these buttons, man. And you could tell he'd been doing it. He was so smooth. Mm. You know, he takes... He takes the menu, the paper menu, once we finish with it and rips it up in front of us because that means they're not handing out menus to multiple people. And right. it's just a subtle reminder of like we're also taking we're keeping measures. it safe That's here. That's good. That's good. But it also served as this like the you're, you know, the menu, the ordering is done. Mm-hmm. Your your menu consideration is complete for the evening. Ripped it up. Right. That's in front great. Of us.
1: That's
0: great. So little things like that. We had the spicy. We had the best bur, uh, burrata. Bur, it was a you know a uh, caprese salad, and mm. and normally I wouldn't do that kind of thing because my mom, you know, it's so basic to make a caprese. He was like, "It's the end of the tomato season. You you trust trust me. The the burrata, the mozzarella is hand pulled and it's warm. Oh, it was good. Fuck me twice, dude. That's good. It was bananas. Everything we had, we had the branzino. It was a really nice meal. That's great. With that said two tables away there was a food blogger
1: mm-hmm. do you know what a food blogger is i think so
0: it's somebody who runs a food account on right. instagram takes pictures why do they call them food bloggers
1: because they blog about food
0: are they writing about the food
1: uh maybe the caption will suffice
0: does writing a caption on instagram count as a blog now
1: i guess i don't i mean i don't know to I me, think that colloquially we do loop those th- two things in together.
0: All right. To me, a blogger is somebody who writes like a WordPress blog, right, right, and has thoughts, almost whatever. What I did, right, where I was writing paragraphs,
1: right, 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 right.
0: and yet somehow we now use that term to describe people who just post pictures of their food on Instagram, right, right. Now I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm just asking. Does that term really apply there? So
1: I, I wonder, I, mean, I imagine that some of the accounts are, have more quality commentary than others. Okay. But, I, but I, fair enough. Fine, You're making a fair fine. point. I,
0: I, you know, because then you say like a travel blogger is just somebody that goes to crazy resorts and takes pictures of the pool and, and then they're a, a travel blogger. But I, I think of a travel blogger, I think of like Conde Nast. Right, and, right, 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 right. You know, uh, like totally. Discovery or National Geographic, like stuff like that, where right. people are writing long spreads and having an editor go through it. Right. So I'm sure I'm wrong. Maybe that term has evolved to include these very cursory efforts at, you know, dialoguing or, or, or you know, logging what you've, what you've eaten or what you've experienced. Right. The point is these two women were sitting at this table two blonde women and they run a food blog called blondes who eat blondes who eat it's catchy Hundred and five thousand followers wow thank god i have more followers than them <laughs> and not by a ton but just enough where so I'm, I'm sitting there right and they pull out their phone and attached to the phone is this sort of like spinal telescoping arm Atop of which is a big ring light. Mm. And it's the brightest ring light I've ever seen. That's obnoxious. It was, as I said in my Instagram story, the sort of light that you might use to pull bodies out of the water (laughs) as you sifted through the remains of the Titanic.
1: Had the sun gone down at this
0: point? Yes. Oh, it was dark out. That's a little more annoying. And we're already sitting in the fucking bus lane. We already have motorcycles (laughs) idling at the traffic stop. You could be run over at any point. You've already got, you know, fucking souped up Subarus that are street racing right next door. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So do we really need to add a spotlight to the mix? And they're swinging it around and it keeps washing our table in this garish incandescent surgical glow. <laughs> As if you know you're being interrogated, or you're shopping for sunscreen at CVS. There, you can almost hear the light buzzing. <laughs>
1: That's that sucks, man. It
0: sounded like the last thing that a mosquito would see before it dies. <laughs> and I'm I'm I, they they're 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 reviewing every plate of food that comes out. They're they're not reviewing. I don't know. They're taking fucking pictures. They're talking about it, like holding the plates up. It made me irrationally angry that's frustrating it made me irrationally angry and i asked our fantastic wizardly waiter i said because this guy's been working i said how long have you been working here he goes i came here in 2012 long time eight years at carbone one of the top restaurants in new york i said does it bother you when these social media influencers come to your esteemed establishment and they do these like kind of interrupting vibe breaking Pictures shoot, and he gave a very pragmatic answer, very political. He was kind of like, Look, there are a lot more things you can worry about in life, and didn't break character. He was (laughs) right down the middle, yeah, he he was right. And it did make me feel a little bit like an asshole for even bringing it up Mm -hmm. at the same time. It set me straight. I thought, Okay, you know, that's true, and also, these girls are probably like making money. They might even be getting their meals comped, right? They're fucking making it,
1: right? Right? It's true.
0: Why yeah. is that any different than someone who does this thing with their Instagram? Like they've because it's out annoying.
1: All- because it is annoying. I will give you that. It's it annoying. is. It is. It's annoying. It is, it is annoying. But, but good for them. But it's also annoying. That's fine. It's annoying. Don't feel bad.
0: But <laughs> I will say this to their credit: I posted a an Instagram story of uh, that's exactly it there's the plate of them holding up their spicy rigatoni <laughs> i i i I posted an instagram story along the vein of the whole like influer influencers in the wild thing oh yeah run by our good friend tank sinatra the tank. and uh i wrote i posted this instagram story with like a long caption of myself saying like they here these two women are with their crazy light you know eating but I I wasn't as mean as I could have been. Mm. In fact, I wouldn't even say I was mean. Um, and then in the next after I posted that, a friend of mine, a girl who dates one of my good friends, who's she's she's like a model, and in that world, she was like, "Oh my god, this is so funny. This is my friend, so and so." Like, but 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 not like, "Yo, black. that's mean. Take right, it right, down." Right, right. Just like that's that's so funny. Oh, you a coincidence. Check out, she was like, "Check out their account. They're actually pretty funny." And I looked at their account. And they are funny. They're like, they, they order like crazy shit, mm-hmm. really unhealthy, enormous burgers. And they, they video themselves eating it. Oh, that's good. And I liked that. Yeah. Because so many of these food bloggers, they don't eat, they it. Don't eat the fucking, they eat like a quarter of it or yeah. they don't even eat it at all. And it's all fake. <laughs> they don't these girls it are like housing it. They're, they're being, they've got sauce dripping down their chin. I was into it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, good for you. You're not taking yourself too seriously. They seem to be having a good time. And as a result, I put up a next uh, story where I was like, I checked out their account. This is what it is. They're funny. I wish them the best. And I'm going to do the same thing here on this podcast is the first and last time I will ever fucking endorse a food blogger. But I would say, go ahead and follow Blondes Who Eat. If you're into that sort of thing, Uh, I wish them well. I, I, could, I can't believe it's me saying this, but that's <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. That I'm was I'm glad the you whole came thing. to terms
1: with it. Yeah. Bro, I'm, you know, so I'm happy you had such a good experience with your waiter. I find, though, at like kind of nicer Italian restaurants like that, or Italian restaurants in general, a lot of the times the waiters will just have, will be oozing toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it annoys the shit out of me. Like, are oh, you ready for a special? Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, today we have a de branzino, a, yeah. a baked, a, a stuff, rosemary, very nice. And then they did it, and you're like, "All right, dude, fine." And then like you order, and they start criticizing your order. I'm like, "Yo, I know what I fucking want. Like, wow. stop, uh, stop, like undercutting me in front of my girlfriend, mm-hmm, dude." Mm-hmm. Like, I, w- I remember I went to an Italian restaurant for Valentine's Day like a couple years ago, and the guys like, "It's not enough wine." I suggested suggest this. He suggested like a really expensive one. I was like, "Really? Like that's such a stereotypical move." We don't give a fuck about wine, dude.
0: Dude, bring dude, us the shitty wine. Great, great point. And let me so let me way. show you how my waiter did that. He- <laughs> Okay, here's how good he was. I was okay. like, we want a bottle of wine. It's her birthday. And uh, he goes, okay, what are you thinking? And I said, you know, uh, a red. I like a, We like a nice big red, typically. Um, and probably in the $100 range was what I said, which is an expensive bottle. Yeah. Now, at Carbone, there were only like three bottles on the that menu right. in that range. Right. He gives me two options. One is the $90 bottle and one is the 120 bottle. That's great. And he sings the praises for both of That's them. That's great. And he was like, basically making it giving me a very comfortable out.
1: In order to not look like a cheap loser.
0: He's like, yeah, these are your two <laughs> good options. They're both great. You know, what and he and he he certainly sold the 120 bottle. A little bit more, right? But not in a way that was going to make me feel disappointed for opting for the cheaper one, right? Right. And he was classy about it, dude. These guys, this guy, man, it is a fucking art form. A good waiter, yeah, at a nice restaurant is is a wizard. My
1: grandfather was a career waiter. Wow, he was a waiter at the Plaza. He was a waiter at this place, the Pen and Pencil. It's no longer open at the Palm.
0: Yeah, I, I love the pop. I know. Yeah. And it's just
1: so interesting. That, I mean, he's not he's not around anymore, but it's incredible. He came here for like 30 years, did that, and then moved back to Italy and built himself a fucking palace, like a sick house on wow. the top of like a mountain with like French doors on the second floor. It's crazy. And I don't know if it was different because back then you didn't have to pay taxes or whatever, but like yeah. he made money as a career waiter. It's pretty fucking cool. That's amazing, dude.
0: Yeah. Dude, amazing. two
1: funny waiter things that they do and at Italian restaurants specifically. I noticed this. One is when they take the breadcrumb scooper, and it's like this—it's like this V-shaped piece of metal—and they go on along the table and yep. they they wipe up all the crumbs. Oh, I love that! And they wipe it, it off. Makes me satisfied. I fucking hate that.
0: Oh, it satisfies me. <laughs> it
1: drives me crazy. I'm like, do you get really? the fuck out. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Something about it. It's just so like. And the other thing I hate is the pour that continues to get higher and higher. Mm. They do this, and then they raise it as they're pouring it, and then they yeah. twist it. I'm like, enough of the fucking Relax. theatrics, dude. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. But I do, I do like a little bit of theatricality from my waiter. I do like a little bit of a rabbit out of the hat sort of flourish. I like a flourish. Slides
1: over the table. Yeah. And now my next thing for you, I got the pigeon into my sleeve.
0: I don't, I don't mind a flourish whatsoever. Yeah, a little, little sleight of hand. In fact, to the extent that one time I went to a restaurant for a child's birthday called Ninja, it was a sushi place, where they actually had a magician who would come over and perform magic tricks for the table, and it improved the meal. (laughs) It is fun. You don't need to go that far. You know what I mean? Nice Italian restaurant, I think a a magician would be out of place. But (laughs) sushi, ninja-themed restaurant, yeah, magician works.
1: Benihana's fun for a reason, dude. There
0: you go. You know?
1: Fucking Benihana.
0: Ah, love it. Awesome. So that was our experience at Carbone, and I think I did well with the, um, I think I did well with the uh, the the whole birthday situation. Um, yeah, that's great, man. I got her a diamond bracelet.
1: Wow, funny! I got my girlfriend a diamond bracelet as well, from the website that you recommended. All right,
0: we got to give them a shout out. We're not a big big free ads type of guys, but man, Ring Concierge, I yo, they it. knock it out of the park, dude. If you're a man she listening to this podcast and you have to get your girlfriend a gift, check out Ring Concierge. Yeah, it's solid. If you're a woman and you like jewelry, uh, follow their Instagram. They, they are a really cool company. I like what they do, and totally. they've been really helpful to Dude,
1: make. I got a, little, a really cool little diamond bracelet. Two questions. So mind you, I've gotten my girlfriend presents before that she never wore. Mm-hmm. So I'm not always crushing it. Uh, but she asked me, who helped you with this? Which mm-hmm. is the ultimate compliment. Mm-hmm. And I should have said Francis, you but should've. I said no one. not about to not about to give other guys fucking free shot i'm I'm
0: joking next thing you know i'm gonna be at usc she's (laughs) gonna come through
1: next thing i know yeah she's gonna be over here (laughs) um but dude yeah thank you for that rec it it really worked out
0: yeah uh jewelry is if you can go um sort of generic enough but also nice you're never gonna go wrong i feel like it's when you start taking real risks yeah. Like, you've talked about that ring you bought her yeah, that I one time. Yeah, I bought her that,
1: like, the ring that, fuck, that was terrible. She doesn't even wear silver. I bought her the silver ring with a fucking stone. I don't
0: know. It's all good, homie. We, we live and we learn. I once bought... <laughs> oh, dude. That same <laughs> that same food blogger I mentioned that I dated when we were dating. Um, I went to China, and I, I had been told by people with... The, knowledge of China that one of the things to do in Shanghai is to go to the Pearl District the Pearl mm. Markets very nice and you can get really good prices <laughs> and like these gorgeous you know freshwater or saltwater pearls stuff and I bought her a pearl necklace and it was nice it's great spent like a few hundred bucks on it fantastic and I brought it back and I gave it to her and her first review was she goes well it's kind of something that like Harvard girls would wear.
1: Oh, like she was saying, like it was like preppy pearls. Yeah, like old oh, woman God. society
0: bridge club. Lily Pulitzer pearls. Jesus. Boca Raton. You know what?
1: That... A limited knowledge she had.
0: She she might have been right, dude. I I don't know the Chinese the... pearls, dude. Come on, I boy. would have thought that that's a decent gift. Yeah she didn't like it.
1: Fuck that, dude. I've had situations like that. I remember one time I bought my girlfriend years ago. I bought her such fancy shit. Like, I could not afford it. I literally opened a credit card to buy her these gifts. Oh, my
0: God, And I, like,
1: I literally went through so much. I, like, tried so hard. And then she got them and she, like, opened it and she, like, didn't even care. I was, like, I was hurt. But I obviously didn't want to say anything. This is about her. It's not about me. But to the point where her sister was, like, are you going to say thank you? These are, like, really nice. Right. And she was, like, oh, yeah, thank you, like. It's tough out there. It's tough out Ugh, there, tough boys.
0: Hard out there for a pimp. It's tough out there, dude. Wow. Well what do you um, say? I, you know, yeah, what can you do? That's, that's really what it comes down to. I didn't I didn't see the most recent episode of the Vow. Have you checked it? I haven't watched it. Okay. Well, but I'm excited to watch it. We'll cover it. that soon. Yes, we will. Dude, I watched the most m I watched the Michelle Obama documentary becoming on Netflix. How is it? Have you seen it? No. So it's the accompaniment to the book that she wrote and gotcha. then the book tour. Gotcha. There's something that really stood out to me. Uh, after she did her arena tour, right? Mm-hmm. After she would do that, she, it, she would do these sort of like meet and greets. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding you. 100% of the women that came up t- to get a picture with her or get an autograph of their book start crying.
1: Wow, that's pretty crazy.
0: If not 100%, 95%. Wow. Do you have any idea how exhausting it would be to deal with a line of women who cry when you get to them? Because, Thousands of women. Because here's the thing. Um, when a woman cries, it takes a lot of work. Like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. Like if, when my girlfriend cries, I comfort her and it's you got to focus. You got to like yeah, really requires energy. You yes, you have to And it's
1: not a burden. You to, you, no, you mean all. it like you're Accept like, "Oh my it. god, I want you not to be yeah, crying." Yeah, you
0: don't want them to, to to be crying and you want to help them feel better and you have to come up with the right things to say right. to get them, you know, to to come back to themselves and feel good again. And And by the way, I don't. I'm not talking about like times when I made my girlfriend cry. That sucks. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like fights. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like things she's upset about outside of her life or or outside factors where you know I have to like understand the problem, I have to process it, and then I have to attack it from like an advice slash comfort perspective. Absolutely. Right. So that's a lot of work. And and Michelle Obama, in this documentary has to do this almost like on a conveyor belt level of ability. That's crazy. And if I'm talking like these women who meet her are so moved and so excited that they start weeping. It's crazy. And they, one after another, tell her, like, you've changed my life. Totally. You've done this for me. And they're breaking down. And she has to, like, put an arm around them, say the right things and get them back on their feet and send them on their way in like a minute or two and it is it looks like the most exhausting thing that i've ever seen dude
1: i and and to put in perspective a little bit like sometimes the prospect of having to do meet and greets for comedy is like can be exhausting and it's such lower stakes and especially because you know that it means it means something so it means a lot to this person. Right. And it means a lot to me too. I'm so happy to have fans and shit. You know what I mean? It's incredible. Yeah. But I have to do it 20 times in a row. Yes. So I, I'm aware that like, that I want to make a good impression for this person. Right. Because it, it, I could ruin everything by making a bad impression. Absolutely. And I imagine that must be magnified times a thousand with Michelle- Times a million with a Michelle She has to get it
0: right every time. Every time. Every time. If there's a woman who comes up to her and pours her heart out, starts weeping, and Michelle Obama's like, oh, you you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, but listen, we got to keep moving or yeah, whatever. That together. girl <laughs> is going to go on fucking Reddit and say that Michelle Obama is the Antichrist. <laughs> Dude, totally. And then enough people are going to read that and be like, oh, I guess she wasn't who I thought she was.
1: Totally. And in the case of Michelle Obama, this is the the maybe the best moment of each of these people's lives. lives. Her Tuesday afternoon is the best moment in thousands of people's lives. Absolutely. That's crazy pressure.
0: And I don't know if there was some kind of VIP section where maybe these people paid more per ticket. But my God, if that's the case, you know, then then the stakes are even higher because then Absolutely. they feel like I paid this extra money to meet her, and she didn't turn out to do she didn't hold her end of the bargain up. I just honestly, I I really admire Michelle Obama, but I also the idea of like imagine if you got off stage at a comedy show and you knew that the fifty fans that you were about to meet and take pictures with were not just going to be like hey, big fan, great show, see you later would start weeping when they met you and it was your job to like get them back on their feet and you know be like you'll be all right Da-da-da. right
1: and that's why it is so crucial in those situations and i'm sure she had this that there's a good cop bad cop dynamic yeah where there's somebody who rips you away and yeah. michelle's like i'm so sorry i wish we could finish but maybe next time oh hey what's up yes okay oh, right what's wrong you know Dude, what I mean? the
0: wave <laughs> of emotions oh my god it just made me Fucking tired watching this scene. <laughs> I gotta watch it. It was it was really oh incredible. It just struck me. I was like, how do you handle that? Unbelievable, man. So anyway, uh that's uh nice. That's oops notes. the motherfucking podcast. Yeah, oops the podcast. Send us uh thoughts, emails to oops the podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Follow our YouTube and Please. our Instagram, oops the podcast. I'm gonna be performing stand-up comedy again in Kansas City, Missouri, October 10th excuse me, 8th to the 10th. Uh, Get your tickets at com. And anything coming up for you? Fun?
1: Nope. But hopefully there will be something soon. Hell so yeah. thank you guys again for following along. Who's the podcast. We'll see you. We'll see you.